Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This uh, segment's brought to you by By Proxy. That's B I. P-R-O-X-I. Check it out. It's buyproxy.com. It's a listing service. It's free to list properties and free to check out properties. Well, today we are talking about retail and retail real estate. And one of the um, good views, I think, of, of the retail market is when you talk to an attorney who focuses on retail and retail real estate, you kind of get some insight from their uh, multitude of clients and what they're seeing from their desk. Please welcome my next guest. It's Scott Grossfield, and he's a partner with the law firm Cox Castle and Nicholson, and he's joining us on the phone. Scott, thank you for being with us, sir. Well, thank you for having me, Michael. Well, Scott, you guys handle uh, a lot of retail real estate from, from development and, and landlords, tenants. You work with a lot of landlords. And uh, I'm curious, especially on the West Coast where you do a lot of uh, work, uh, you're headquartered in Los Angeles, um, and you, you guys saw a lot of development out there. What are the trends now of what you're seeing? Well, right now uh, we've gone from a period where there was a lot of development before the Great Recession uh, to a point where, uh, because mainly uh, housing, new housing has stopped, uh, where the existing development um, is uh, uh, being um, uh, replaced with infill situations, where vacant space is having to be uh, released due to a lot of large spaces uh, um, going dark, um, large tenants such as Sears or Macy's closing their stores and landlords having to be creative to uh, uh, fill them with new tenants, and a lot of landlords taking their shopping centers that might have been B or C shopping centers and wanting to value add them by making them uh, prettier and nicer um, and improve them. Yeah, yeah, a lot of redevelopment going on. I'm curious when uh, you have t landlords that you represent, Scott, and they have a big space of retailers giving up. How many cases uh, are, does that hurt them financially? And how many cases is it maybe a win that they can get a better tenant and a better tenant mix and more rent? Well, you know, oftentimes when um, a landlord is faced with uh, a situation where a big store like that um, has left, um, those tenants were paying a lower rent uh, because that was just a deal that had to be made at the time especially with a department store. So when they're given back that space, they're actually given a pretty big opportunity to uh, make a better deal with uh, potentially lots of uh, different tenants, multiple tenants. So they divide up that store space. Uh, they might have multiple levels, and uh, they can make a lot more money um, by having that opportunity. Yeah, it's a... Retail is interesting. It's, a, it's good, good real estate typically, and uh, I think some of this is a windfall. Of course, there's some landlords that it's obviously uh, bad news and it's hurting them. So when you look at the distress level that, that your clients have had over the last several years, what are the trends now? Are you still seeing uh, tenant defaults at the same level you've seen for the last several years? Yeah, we're seeing uh, defaults um, at a similar level. Um, we're, uh, we're seeing tenants that want to protect themselves more uh, against potential um, uh, uh, economic uh, exposures. 
Um, so whereas before uh, the recession there were uh, situations where um, tenants were negotiating for uh, significant co-tenancy rights and they got them, uh, but I think landlords learned their lesson from giving them because with the recession, um, uh, lots of landlords uh, suffered greatly from the domino effect of um, co-tenancy failures, um, and it cost landlords greatly because in a lot of situations uh, when a co-tenancy failed maybe uh, in their shopping center and uh, uh, it resulted in maybe one tenant um, having rights in closing, it resulted in multiple tenants having uh, uh, a, uh, co-tenancy uh, rights uh, on top of those because it resulted in a domino effect. Landlords are no longer agreeing to those, and what what tenants are now uh, insisting upon are uh, gross gross deals, uh, capped cam, fixed cam, and things like that. Um, and landlords uh, are trying to resist that to the best of their ability. And whether or not a landlord um, is able to uh, uh, stay, uh, whether or not a landlord is able to avoid. Uh, agreeing to a gross deal or a fixed cam will depend upon the relative bargaining strengths of the parties and how good the shopping center is. Yeah. If yeah. Uh, if if um, the strengths are relatively equal and a landlord does agree to a fixed cam, uh, a reasonable compromise or a compromise that we generally see uh, agreed to is maybe a true up. Uh, at an option stage or something like that on cam. Right, and for those of you that might not be in, uh, doing a lot of retail real estate, uh, these rights for co-tenancy give uh, maybe some of the smaller tenants right to get out of their lease at some point and reduce the rent. If a larger tenant goes dark, meaning they're, they're not open there or they, or they really just shut down and close out the, the store. Um, and then also the tenants are always concerned about their overall uh, uh, cost for, for the project and being there. And uh, uh, yeah, so they're trying to control uh, their cost and uh, uh, and landlords, traditionally retail, want to pass through everything. And one of those things that landlords uh, look to for income on a lot of these projects is a percentage rent. And, uh, uh, and, and with the Internet sales, uh, what are you seeing there? Is that a, a big uh, lease uh, clause that uh, people are arguing about these days? Well, uh, typically... Um, um they wouldn't argue very much about uh, what was included in gross sales uh, uh, in a percentage rent clause. But now that uh, uh, Internet and uh, omnichannel services uh, are growing um, and um, e-commerce is becoming a bigger factor in what um, existing tenants are um, uh, are producing uh, when um, uh, are producing uh, as part of their business. Uh, tenants are increasingly trying to exclude from gross sales, and therefore, what they're paying as part of their percentage rent, um, internet sales. So, uh, yeah, it's becoming a larger uh, argument um, and uh, a more significant part of the negotiation in leases uh, as to whether or not internet sales are included uh, in gross sales. Um, for the most part, uh, tenants are trying to argue, hey, um, if uh, something is not ordered at a point of sale location in the uh, premises uh, or it's not accounted for as a sale according to their 
accounting standard accounting provisions and it shouldn't be included in gross sales. Uh, but landlords try and argue and stand firm that um, if it's uh, if a product is ordered uh, at a point of sale uh, um, uh, system in the premises, if it's delivered from inventory from the premises, uh, if it's otherwise fulfilled from the premises, um, or um, uh, otherwise delivered through the premises, then it should be included uh, in gross sales. And this is a really growing. Uh, issue because um, e-commerce is only a growing uh, issue, and 10 years from now, 20 years from now, uh, premises might contain um, various terminals that you know just include or, or are there for just the purpose of ordering things from the internet. And if you're not including internet sales as part of uh, gross sales for percentage rent purposes, you might be as a landlord really missing out. Yeah, I mean, there a lot of these becoming showrooms, and even the online uh, stores want to have a brick-and-mortar presence, if nothing else, uh, for the showroom. So that sounds very reasonable. If it's picked up there, delivered there, uh, or ordered there, that it should be uh, part of the gross sales numbers. And and it is uh, important to a lot of landlords, right? That's uh, a large part of the, the income that the they're expecting is, is from these percentage sales. Percentage That's right. Rate. Yeah. Well, um, Scott, what would you leave our audience with related to, to retail and, and legal matters today? Anything else that uh, you're kind of seeing as a trend out there with uh, your clients? You know, um, I think that uh, a lot of people um, and commentators in the industry have a lot to say about e-commerce and how it's impacting brick-and-mortar retail. Uh, the one thing that I would say is um, retail is probably the largest segment of the U.S. economy. Um, brick and mortar retail, I don't believe, is going anywhere. There's always going to be a market for it. Um, it's it's very resilient. It changes. It has changed over the last 10, 15 years as the internet has grown. It will continue to change, um, and it will continue to grow. Um, and I I just think that. Uh, you know, what we see today will be um, uh, very different than what we will see tomorrow, and it will just continue to flourish. Yeah, it's not going away. Scott, good information. Thank you for joining us, sir. All right, thank you. All right, stay with us. We'll have more on retail and retail real estate. I'm Michael Ball. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Bomi International. For facilities and property management education, visit bomi.org. Buyproxy.com. Your global commercial real estate listing service. Visit buyproxy.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com. 